Episode yeah. 16. We're doing the Logos Podcast. I am Brad. We're I'm, still going. We're still going. I am joined, as always, by arguably... <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear this. Go ahead. Let me hear it. <laughs> arguably two of the... You can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> Most influential people in the greater southern Indiana area. Carter. That can't be true. I'm wow, not on that I list. I feel so insufficient. <laughs> I'm not on that list. <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah. Carter and Austin. Welcome, guys. Hey, guys. What is up? I'm just going to leave now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to find new ways to introduce you guys every week. And, uh. Uh, you know, I try to do it on the fly, and sometimes it just doesn't work. Why don't we ever get to introduce you? Because I'm in charge. Me and Austin are <laughs> in, joined by Brad. It just doesn't work. <laughs> I'm kidding. Same. I'm totally kidding. Actually, do what you want. <laughs> Ruin the show. It's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> so, welcome to the podcast, guys. We are a little slap happy this morning, apparently. But we are uh, excited to be here. We're excited to dive into this topic. But before we do, a couple of housekeeping items. First of all, if you haven't given us a five-star review on Apple or you haven't given us uh, a subscribe on that service, please do so. Please. Uh, please we have two reviews currently and like six star reviews. We need more. We we would appreciate more. We We would be very grateful. Technically, we only have one review because the other one was me. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but we cheated but it's fine um it counts so please do that for us give us five stars write us a nice little note we will read it on the air if it's nice and maybe if it's not nice we'll read it too just just to put you on blast i don't know but uh do that uh also we have a new patron um chuck has joined us Woo, yeah. Chuck! Yeah. there is a live studio audience and they are applauding you all right my man and stop <laughs> we have that control over them. We well, tell them when to stop. Exactly. It's like a choir director. Mm-hmm. Just you stop me. But thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Um, that is such a huge help. So thank you guys. Honestly, it, it's it's amazing. Um, we will obviously use that towards our monthly expenses. And then as we grow, as we get more, we were gonna we want to do more ministry. We want to do mm-hmm. things to grow this and do things to spread the word. So please subscribe. Please. Jump on Patreon if you are uh, led. Patreon.com slash Rooted in Logos. We are uh, very grateful. Also, we mentioned this last week. We have a message from Don. Uh, We got a question. He actually gave us two questions. The first question is, do we do the homework? So, Carter, since you are the leader of... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Off the rails. So, so, Carter, since you are... The- <laughs> so, Carter, since you are the leader of the homework, answer that for us. For, or for you. Answer that for yourself. Okay, well, so you guys have both told me you do it. I'm hoping that's true and you're not just lying to my face. <laughs> but I do... Like, throughout the week when I'm trying to make the question, I tend to, like, I'll think of one... And like, I'll do it for the day. The next day, I'll see if it's a worthwhile thing. And it's not just a random question just to say that we gave you homework. But if it was actually something that I had to think of or think upon. So, yeah, we do. Yeah, so we do our homework. Carter is the one that comes up with it. And and actually, we, Austin and I, hear the homework when you all do. 
when, yep. when, when we record. So we, Austin and I, I think both take the week and kind of dig through what well, what he's asked on a and reflect. Bit longer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that is that answer. Uh, also, Don then he talks about um, the uh, church buildings and if we need to have them, basically. And, and I'll read this and. Um, he says, I see no support in scripture for a build for building a sanctuary instead of serving the community. So many churches have huge mortgages and their community outreach is limited. It is my opinion that this is a poor representation of the body of Christ, but I'm hoping I'm missing something. Do we have buildings out of tradition? Is it left over from Catholicism and the cathedrals with one of the instructions of the saints being be hospitable in first Peter four, nine. Are we circumventing that instruction by creating a neutral ground in a church building? That's a, no, that's a great question. Uh, it it wouldn't be left over from Catholicism, right? It would be from Jewish tradition. It would be from the temple. Um, it is supposed to be a common place where it is supposed to resemble the meeting where God would be. Now, knowing now that the Holy Spirit is in within all of us. We are the temple. Actually having that physical representation, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's nowhere in Scripture that says you have to have a church. But what it does say is do not forsake the gathering of fellow believers. It's you have to meet together. You have to get together. But it doesn't matter where it is. It can be out in the middle of the field. It can be in your home. It could be in a building, in a church building. That And that's fine. But yeah, there's there's nowhere in scripture that says you have to create a building to have your church. And I think we see it in the West a lot, the idea of the extravagant church building. Okay. Whether that's a elegant cathedral, like you mentioned, or, or an elegant place with, with beautiful architecture and, and stained glass and paintings and art. We also see that when it comes to like your your more mega churches that have all the professional sound equipment, the professional light shows, the the concert field, the huge stage, the fog machines. At I least don't, a few million dollars in equipment. Exactly. I At don't least. I don't necessarily think that's that's wrong on its own. Um, it's, it's what what are you doing with it? It's what are you doing with it? And how what are your being, motives? Right. How is it being used? How are you? Yeah. Glorifying God. How are you glorifying God with it? What well, are your motives? And that's the thing. Well, you have to look at through that lens for everything you do, especially within the church. You bring in a fog machine. Be like, well, okay, how is this bringing glory to God? Or is this just bringing glory to me who's up on stage? And for me, looking, okay, like Notre Dame, looking at these amazing architectural, architectural, <laughs> these feats of things that they're they're beautiful. It goes back to the temple. God gave David the plans for building the temple and then his son Solomon created the temple and it was beautiful, laden with gold and silver and it it was supposed to resemble somewhat of a minute resemblance of how awesome and beautiful God is because God was supposed to be there. And that, that's that translation going further into these cathedrals that they made to be just stunning. But, of course, being lost in that interpretation, it was being forced into something else. It was meant for the glory of man and not for the glory of God. And that's why we see, you know, with that uh, Catholic and Protestant separation, 
Protestants were like, man, we want nothing to do with Catholicism, so we're going to go out in a field, or we're going to go just have this plain Jane building. And, uh, I mean, a lot of times now we see churches, what, they look like, I don't I mean, not to be mean, but most of the time they look like barns, right? The the New Age, people like to build pole barns and make houses out of them type deal. It, you, nowadays, you can't really tell it's a church because we've gotten so far removed. And I, I see the benefit for both because showing people that, yes, this is a church. We glorify God here. But are you being too showy for your own selves or for God? Yeah, it, it all boils down to motive. It all boils down to how are you using the resources God has given you because they are God's resources. And I think if you are, as a church, in prayer and seeking God's will and letting him lead you in how you use these resources, I, I think these things can be good things. Church buildings can be good things. Now, there is nothing wrong with a home church. There is nothing wrong with, like you said, a church out in a field, a church in the woods. In the woods, but the 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 whole idea is to gather together, and to you know we traditionally do that on on Sundays, and we designate that as a day of worship, worshiping together, and then the church, big C, universal church, it does the outreach. They do the ministry. They do the actually. They put their feet to the road. And, and get working on doing God's business. So, and it's, it's a nuanced answer, I think. I don't know if we necessarily answered directly your question, but it is a nuanced answer. It is, those things aren't necessarily wrong. It's, it's how you're using them to glorify God. What are your motives behind it? And are you doing that to seek God's will? Right. Well, and part of the question, too, the, the community. Should we be on the community doing this instead? I, I don't think it's in instead. Now, yes, we're supposed to be out there. What was the Great Commission? We are supposed to be going out, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them. The job of the church is to strengthen, to teach those believers. Therefore, they go out in the community. Us as believers go out in the community, and we spread the gospel. And we get them interested so that then they start coming. Right. And the church equips, equips us for ministry. It, it equips, equips us to, to go out and do what we need to be done, what needs to be done in the community. Exactly. So you're right. It is not instead of, it's in addition to. And so having a central building that, that you go to, I think is perfectly okay. I think it is perfectly within the, the realm of, of scripture. To have a place, a central location that you go meet. Yeah. And and so, kind of as a, a caveat going into what we're going for, <laughs> spiritual warfare. The church is meant to be kind of like this, this embassy, right? With this spiritual warfare mentality, we are behind enemy lines. We are on earth that is under the control of the prince of the air, okay? The darkness. And... The church is meant to be that place where us as fellow believers, believers, okay? The, the church is not meant for unbelievers. Us as believers are meant to gather together, strengthen each other, sharpen each other, and then go out and continue fighting. That, that's what it's meant to do. So hopefully, 
hopefully that's clear. Hopefully that is something that that we can uh, we can agree on, and, and we can answer that question for you, Don. If it, please feel free to respond and and we'll yeah, if this didn't help yeah, at all, we'll, if tell this us. didn't help, tell us. We will continue this discussion for sure. Yeah, uh, we this this was cool. I was so happy to get that email. So please, others and Don continue to do so we yeah, will thank you Don. dig into it so thank yeah. you guys and thank you for listening um so let's dive into our topic today spiritual warfare this may bleed over to two topics or to two <laughs> weeks we'll see no guarantees but uh let's get rolling let's do it all right so to start us off i'm going to read the definition spiritual warfare is the christian concept of fighting against the work of supernatural evil forces it is based on the biblical belief in evil spirits or demons that are said to intervene in human affairs in various ways. And we see that in Ephesians 6 telling us that, so Austin's going to jump into that. Yeah, so Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So, we are talking about who are we fighting? To whom is this war against? And this is talking about the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers, the present darkness. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. This is telling us This fight will not be easy. It will take a strength that we ourselves don't have, and therefore we cannot do it alone. And we're basically fighting it on two sides. There is the enemy within and the the enemy outside. The enemy within is our, our flesh. It is our flesh against our spirit, that constant war being waged. As Paul refers to in Romans chapter 7, verse 15 through 25, talking about, I do what I do not want to do. My flesh is at war with my spirit. And uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 through 24, talking about the desires of the heart versus the, the fruit of the spirit. Again, this constant war that we have within ourselves. And we need to always keep that in mind. We need to be always going to the Lord and saying, Lord, please forgive me for these things. So, we are at war with our bodies, spirit versus flesh, new creation against the old. We need to be walking in a worthy manner in life, a walk that emulates and looks like Christ. And that's not going to be easy, okay? We're supposed to be like Christ. He's perfect. It is not, it, it's not possible, but we're supposed to try to do that. Because everything in us, every single natural thing in us, says, I don't want to do that, fights against what God intends. Every single part of me is touched by sin. Every single part of me desires, fleshly, worldly desires, does not desire God without the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So it is impossible to do it on our own, and even not on our, even with the Holy Spirit, we're still going to struggle, we're still going to fight, and still going to be a battle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... And so, leading into that, so Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, it says, And give no opportunity for the devil. Well, what are those opportunities? Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. 
Now, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. These are opportunities for the devil. These are ways that he is going to exploit you. These are ways that he's going to get in your mind and get you to do things that are contrary to God, contrary to the scripture. I just want to point out too, when we say the devil, I want to make it clear, he's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at once. The the devil, Lucifer, can only be one place at one time. However, he has his demons. He has his fallen angels who are able to wreak havoc on the lives of, of believers and unbelievers alike, When we, especially as believers, when we allow that in. So just understand that, that we might use the term devil and, and demon kind of interchangeably in yes. this, because Lucifer is not all-powerful. He's not everywhere. Right. He's not God. Right. But we do want you guys to know just how powerful he is, what he is capable. That That's the point. How can you fight an enemy that you don't know? And trust me, he knows. He knows his enemy. And I guarantee you he knows scripture better than any one of us combined. Well, how, how did he tempt Jesus? Exactly. Yeah. He quoted Psalms. He quoted David to Jesus. Yep. And I, again, he knows it. So... The enemy outside, Satan himself, and those who follow him. So verse 11 in Ephesians, it says in chapter 6, Stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 12, Not a battle against people, not a physical battle. We are spiritually fighting against the what? We're fighting against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers, the present darkness. Spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That's Satan. That's his demons. His control over people. You know, those unbelievers. It's either actually that physical possession, that demon possession, or it's just his influence over this present day and age, of which he has a lot. So, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Things we cannot see. Guys, once you proclaim Christ as Lord and Savior, you are also declaring war on Satan, and he knows it. That is something that we need to... We don't want to scare people. We don't. Because we know who is ultimately in in control. But we need to be letting these people know that when they come to Christ, you're declaring war. This isn't a just a happy moment, which it, it should be. But this is a de- declaration of war against Satan himself, okay? And we need to keep that in mind because he knows it. So, how are we to fight a cosmic darkness? Well, I want to jump to Job real quick, okay? So, Job chapter 1 in verse 6. And now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, "Uh, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Stop right there. What? What? God asks Satan, From where do you come? And he just, not this nonchalant. So Satan answers the Lord and says, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. 
it's a New Testament reference uh, that Satan is like a prowling lion searching for someone to devour. Him walking to and fro on the earth, that is what he's doing. So, verse 8, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answers the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. So, stop right there really quick. He's prowling around. He's looking. He knows who Job is. He knows exactly who's, who God is talking about, which inclines me. He knows the players of today. He knows John MacArthur. He knows Alistair Begg. He knows Paul Washer. He, he knows these people, and he, he's keeping account, okay? We're not supposed to keep account. We're supposed to love forgives all things, right? Well, that's not Satan. He's keeping score, and he's watching the players. So verse 12 and the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Satan walks into heaven. God mentions his servant Job. Behold, all that he has is in your power. God gave him power over everything that Job had at the time. With the exception of his life. With the exception of his life. Now... It's hard to relate that to our lives here because we don't have that firsthand account of God speaking to Satan. We don't know what power God has given over our, our life or anybody else's life. And that's where we have to go back and rely on God. We have to trust God that he knows what he's doing. Where Job, Job didn't know. God didn't send an angel to Job saying, hey, heads up, this is going to happen. Uh, I need you to trust me. He didn't say word to Job throughout the entire book of what was happening. He didn't tell him that I am letting Satan do this. So we want, we need to keep that in mind, okay? Now, this isn't to scare you. We're we're going to go on and we'll get into some more secured happy things. So talking about the cosmic powers, what is that? Cosmic. It's space. The heavens, the vastness of space, galaxies, universe. They are filled with both angels and demons. Why? They are at war with each other. Okay? They are in a war that we do not see. So I want to jump really quick to Daniel chapter 10, verse 10 through 14. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. Verse 13, The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia. 
and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the later days, for the vision is for days yet to come. So this is talking about that physical war between angels and demons. We refer to him as the archangel, the archangel Michael, or Gabriel. So this is Gabriel talking to Daniel. The archangel Gabriel was saying, hey, when you started praying, when you set your heart towards God, he heard you. I heard you. He sent me to you. But for the past 21 days, I've been fighting with the prince of Persia. Now, this isn't the actual prince of Persia. This is talking about the demons who are in control. It doesn't actually say if it was Satan himself. Ter- I mean, one of the things that you hear is territorial demons, that the demons who have control over that area. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and granted, it's, we hear that, but it's like we don't. There's not much scripture to back that up if they're actually in one space and Satan has them controlling just that spot. But it it goes to show that he was under attack. He was physically fighting for 21 days until the archangel Michael shows up and says, Hey, I'm going to reprieve you. You go, you go talk to Daniel. So just kind of a, a little heads up for that. Carter, dive in. Let's get in a little bit deeper with demons. What are they? They are fallen angels. That that is kind of a controversial thing because some some people, some Christians don't believe that. But in Revelation twelve four, it talks about how Satan brought down with him a third of the angels. Okay, well, what happened to those angels? Well, through Scripture, it, it is it's my my understanding, my belief, and a lot of others. It's those third that third of the angels. They're they're demons. They are following Satan to what he is doing. Let's dive in a little bit to how are they active? How are they prevalent in the world today? So yeah, going for that, um, it is like at first when I first started hearing about this stuff, it was hard to like believe and like, wow, there's, so you're telling me that there is like invisible forces at work doing stuff like supernatural forces like that, like how we see in the movies. I was about to say, that's the first thing you think of is is the horror flick, right? Which those movies are, they say they're based on a true story, but they're obviously exaggerated a little bit for the point of a film. But like, it's, it's like, it's hard to believe in that stuff. And a lot of people nowadays don't believe it. And I didn't believe like that that could be a real thing until like I experienced it firsthand, which I'll get into a little bit later. But a German New Testament scholar named Rudolf Bultmann he denied the existence of supernatural wor- of the supernatural world of angels and demons, and he argued that these were ancient myths, and that the New Testament message had to be demyth demythologized, whatever, by removing such mythological elements, so that the gospel could be received by modern scientific people. So this guy is saying that it's too much of a mythological thing to believe in this realm. He wanted science to to reign. He wanted to something provable by science. Well, this under, doesn't match up with science. Like, yeah, doesn't well, seem like well, it's not with our understanding. And of it's science, understanding so. exactly. It's how do you understand this? And yeah. really, the thing is, you don't. <laughs> that a lot of this, these are questions that we we actually can't answer, but we have to trust in the Lord. But a lot of people are simply just blind to the true nature of reality to see that that is a real thing, and that not everything has to line up with today's science. And so what I wanted to talk about was 
the over December and January, not the whole months, just like two weeks of each, something like that. I don't know how long it was, but I went over to Haiti to do a mission trip. And before this, I hadn't really experienced the spiritual warfare side of things. And I'm not saying that America doesn't have it. It's just a lot different in a third world country, especially me being used to America. You take me over there just immediately. I'm going to notice the difference. And there was this, it was, I forgot. We started calling it like the Tuesday or something. It was a Tuesday. We went to a Haitian funeral and like people are just wailing and sobbing uncontrollably super loud. And it was like, once we, I spoke about this in the first episode. Once we left, it went silent and it was like almost like a fight between angels and demons and just it was insanely loud and like on that same day when we got back people were telling us that there was stuff even happening over here like someone said that they had a dream or like a vision or something of us i forgot exactly what it was but like something happening to us and then on that same day someone had gotten sick or something like that i don't remember the full story but it was just a lot of different things happening in two different countries on the same day and it happened the past year when the group went to Haiti. Things over here, like when we leave, Satan or demons have been attacking our group or the rest of our group that stayed. And so it's just a, you experience a lot when you see it differently. Well, and, and you look at a situation like that where you, you can almost feel the evil presence there. I, I would say, I have, I've not experienced that, but you, you there has to be a heaviness in that setting that is just a spiritually oppressive even um, that we here in the States don't necessarily feel or understand or grasp because as Carter mentioned, our spiritual warfare in the States looks different. Austin alluded to this too. He knows the players. Satan knows the players of the game. He knows where to attack and he knows how to attack. And so in a, in a place like Haiti, I would think these more overt and obvious attacks are going to be more beneficial or more more effective there because they are more in tune with the spiritual world in Haiti. Because you, you, witch doctors, am I right? Do they have they? Men? There was like a war between is what's right next to Haiti, Dominican, Dominican, okay, Dominican. Yeah. Um, there was a war between I believe it was the Dominican and Haiti, and Haiti sold their land to the devil to win that war, and they are just trying to keep on that promise by voodoo men roaming the streets yelling stuff like curses or something i don't really know what it is but it gets heavy while we're over there because they know that we are spreading like jesus over there and they don't want that because that goes against their whole promise of what they sold but going back on what you were saying like it feels heavy it was it was like i had never experienced anything like that and like a few from our group, myself included, we were like, we were crying too. And like, we didn't even know the person. So it was like, but we were just like, we felt, I don't know. We felt a sense of sadness for the people there because they are mourning with no hope. Like how we mm -hmm. talked about when we die, it's just kind of like a bridge way to get to heaven. And like, we don't, we don't really have to be sad about that, but they were, they just didn't even know that they had no hope. And like, they kept, like it was the part that really was just like stood out to me was we're like standing outside of the church that we had the funeral at and everyone's gathered. We're all having conversations. And then the hearse pulls up with the body immediately, almost like everyone at the same time, like how when we click the buttons, it all stops at the same time. 
it was almost like someone clicked the button. They all start screaming and yelling at the exact same time. And it's like they, their main goal was to get close to the body and to try to see it as if it would bring it back to life or they would get closure or sense of closure from seeing the body up close. Hmm. And it was like when we had, we had to eventually leave and we sat in like a building and like no one talked for a few minutes because we were all just trying to process what had just happened. Wow. And we didn't want it to like, we had a whole VBS to go through for the rest of the day. So we didn't want it to like ruin our ministry and just be like distraught for the rest of the day. So we like had talked about it and we were just all experiencing different things in there. And it was just, it was a crazy time. Well, so what's interesting too, uh, one of our, a couple of our friends that went with Carter, uh, we were, my wife and I, we were talking to them quite a while ago. It was a little bit after you guys got back. They were talking about this, that, that evening when you guys got back to where you were staying. I'll just go, go ahead. Drop their name. Atticus and Olivia. Yeah. 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 So they, they were standing on a porch, they were talking and, uh, Atticus was telling me they were talking and all of a sudden he felt this overwhelming feeling of just this, this darkness, you know, the hair standing on, on the back of his neck and it was over in this corner. He's like, I, I did not even want to look in that corner because I felt something was there. And he's like, I, I was trying to ignore it because I was talking to Olivia and I basically just keep talking. Maybe it'll mm-hmm. go away. And then all of a sudden Olivia looks that way and she has this overwhelming sense this feeling of there's something wrong and atticus is like oh crud maybe this is real because i feel that too the thing is they didn't know that they were both having that until like the next day like they hadn't told each other that they were both feeling the same thing in the same place actually no it was later that night it was later because but not like but at the time they had no clue that they were both sensing that same thing and like i think she had seen something or thought and he felt something so it was both going yeah Hand in hand. Because, yeah, they both went back in, in, in the house. He, he said he went, took a shower, and this whole time he, he had that feeling of, there's something here. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I started praying. I'm, I'm praying out loud. And he, he felt that sense of, of peace and calm come over him. He, he was good. He comes back out, and Olivia's shaking. She's shaking. Like, she's something is wrong. And it, it turns out several of you guys had the same encounter that evening. Mm-hmm. Same well, time they were having it. Same time they were having it, yeah. Well, fast forward, they came and talked to us. That exact same night, it was a Tuesday at about 11 o'clock Tuesday. at night. Emily and I, we called uh, um, we called an ambulance because Emily was having, it It, it seemed like a, like a heart attack. She was having this hardcore, uh, we didn't know what it was. We thought it was a heart attack. So we called EMTs. They showed up. It was like midnight at this point, and they checked her out. EKG, heart monitors, everything, and she, she was okay. So we we came back inside. We're like, okay, there there's something going on. We're gonna pray about it. So we start praying about it, and it was the exact same time that that was going on. And, and it, yeah, well, it, it for us it was that okay. The Holy Spirit was reaching out to us saying, you need to be praying because there is something going on. There's something spiritual going on. Not necessarily with you, but with some your brother, with your sister, and you need to be praying right now. And that's what we did. We were we were up to like two, three o'clock in the morning. We were praying, and it it brought both Emily and I to tears listening to Atticus and Olivia talking about that because it one it answered question like mm-hmm. was there actually something wrong with Emily or or what was actually going on? And it answered that, but also like okay, the Lord has presented this connection with 
with us and our fellow believers. And he inclines us to that. Yeah, and on that, I had I didn't know that that was happening the same day. But in the morning, when like we all had woken up, we gathered, and someone had a vision that this day, or about this day that we were going to have, it was like a snake slithering through a group of us. Like, not a snake, a serpent, like symbolizing Satan. And it was just like that day, like that's how we started off the day, and then we went to the funeral, and then all the stuff that had been happening in America and over in Haiti. At the same time, like... It was when Atticus went into the shower. So, like, the way the house is set up, I can't, you can't see me, so hand motions won't matter. <laughs> but, like, there's a shower, and then directly, like, behind it, or if you're looking directly at the shower, it's to the left, there's a kitchen, and there's a door. It's got, like, one of those locks that you put it through and push it up, or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and it had accidentally locked a few of us in the kitchen because you can't open it from the, in- or you can't unlock it from the inside. And, like, we had just all been talking, but at the same time that they were outside, it was like a, I don't know, a quarrel or something. Like, we were just, like, we started arguing, and, like, that was the first time we had argued the whole trip with each other. And, like, we had just, like, started arguing, and we just left that going, solved a few people, went to bed, and then we went back to the kitchen and started talking. Um, And then Atticus goes to take a shower, he comes out. He unlocks it because we're, like, knocking on the door saying, like, someone let us out or else we're going to have to chill in this kitchen all night. And then, like, at that same – we had gathered in the living room, but before that happened, like, me – I, most people listening probably know this. I don't get cold. Like, I sleep with it, like, 10 degrees. I've always got my AC full blast windows down. I'm still somehow sweating. I, I get hot very quick, but, like – and, like, I it's 98 degrees over there, 100 degrees. It's still 90 degrees at night. There's no reason for me to be cold. But I just get, like, insanely freezing. Like, I'm shivering. I couldn't even speak. Like, my jaw was clattering. I was just sitting over there, like, it was the weirdest thing. And, like, I kept putting on blankets. I put on a sweatshirt. I was still just freezing. And then we prayed. We had all prayed. Like, after Addicts got out of the shower, he shared to us what had just happened to him and Olivia. And we were like, that's weird. Like, we said, he was like, yeah, it was about 20 minutes ago. We were like, wow, 20 minutes ago. We just, since this... And so we all prayed together because we sensed that demons were trying to <clears throat> attack us and weaken us for the sharing of the gospel. And then shortly after we prayed, I went upstairs. I was off in the corner of the roof. No one was near me. And like, I was scared to go over there because like I was scared that night. And I was like, I don't want to sit in this dark tent on the corner of the roof with no one near me. Everyone else has someone else in their tent with them. And I was like, well, I'll just, I was like walking to the tent and like the way, so when Atticus said he felt something, didn't want to look in that direction, that's the direction I was walking in to get to my tent. <laughs> so that had scared me and I'm like looking that way. And then I just, I laid down and it was dark. So I didn't, and I didn't have any lights cause my phone was dead, but so I couldn't read, but I was just like repeating verses that I had memorized. And like all of a sudden I just like felt well, first of all, I was still wearing sweatshirts and blankets, so I just started sweating. But I just had, like, an overwhelming sense of, like, weight taken off of me, mm. which I've never really, like, I've heard people say, like, burden off your shoulders or whatever. I had never felt, like, that sense of having weight taken off of you until then. Yeah. Which was, I had to, exp- like, it was, I don't, I used to watch those movies, like, the Conjuring series. I don't anymore, because after experiencing that in real life, I don't want to have to watch that. It's real. It <laughs> yeah. is real. Because yeah. like before it, I was just like, man, this is an interesting story. It's, it makes me scared. I'm watching it. 
but I didn't sense it. So now it just gives me memories of that happening. And I know um, Evan had a story that he was sick one time and like he said, every time he's sick, he's like weak and gets like a vision or something. And he just like couldn't move one day. So it's just like, it's real. It's it's real. And, and it's one of the, the things I took away from, from that was how the different tactics that were used. So you have, you have fear, right? You have this fear and the sense of dread and the sense of something is off and something isn't right. You have dissension and, and quarrels and, and arguments and, and just division within your group that hadn't happened before and I guess didn't happen after, mm-hmm. right? And so in these entire moments, like, there are so many tactics being used to th- try to thwart God's plan and thwart what God has sent you all there to do. And again, it goes back to what Austin said is how he knows Satan, the devil, he knows what's going to be effective. So he knew in that moment that, you know, one of the tools that could thwart Olivia was fear. One of the things that could thwart you, Carter, was division within your group. Because it was all my life I've struggled with not fitting in. And like at that time... We were like all just like sharing stories and just like getting to know each other really well and just like share things. And I was like, man, I feel really welcomed here. And then as soon as I felt that immediately he attacks and makes me feel unwelcomed again. And then we just start having arguments and then all this happens. So, yeah. And and so conniving, very conniving, very good, good fighter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and we need to remember he's been here from since the beginning, right? He's been here on Earth since Adam and Eve, he has been at this and it, it is a game for him. Okay. He has been at this since the beginning. He's been doing it a long time. We look at it as a chess game. He's playing 50 billion chess games at the exact same time. This guy, not a guy, this, this creature, this angel being this angel of light. He is incredibly smart, and he knows exactly what he's doing, and he knows the best way to do it. You, you, I get, I just kind of popped into my head. You have uh, Paul, where he talks about I've become all things to all men, so that by some means I may, or by all means I may win some. Let me actually look at this. Let me <laughs> yeah, actually quote that quote that passage. But I didn't know that about what you said on that same day. But yeah. that's the thing. Everything was happening on the same. Yeah. All that we just talked about, same exact day, same pretty much same. Time. No, no, that's the thing. It was the exact same time, exact same day. Everything was going on at the same time. And Emily and I, it was so weird until we talked to Atticus and Olivia. We're like, Emily started bawling and I I teared up. One, it answered questions for me because I'm thinking my wife has like heart issues. (laughs) But then I'm over here like, also, the because Atticus and Olivia, we're we're leading them through marriage counseling. So we we have this connection with them Mm -hmm. and being able for them to tell us that's like, oh my goodness. So, kind of with with him using different things, you look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9. It says, For I am free from all. I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with him in its blessings. I, I, This thought popped into my head just now of Satan 
being the exact opposite of this. So you take every word in this passage and you flip it to, to the other side, and that's what Satan's doing. He is becoming all things to all men so that by some me- so that, uh, golly, I can't ever quote that right. <laughs> he has become all things to all people that by all means he may steal some. Ensnare. Ensnare. Trap. Devour. Devour. Bring we down. keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Scary and stuff. It is. And, and he does that. He uses those tactics. You know, you, you talk about the difference between what we see here in the West and what you see in the third world countries. It's night and day. Satan does not attack America the way he attacks Haiti. He attacks America by making Christians apathetic, making Christians lazy, by throwing in a false gospel, by adding things to the gospel, by having people in power, in positions of authority who are quote-unquote spiritual leaders, not preaching the truth, but preaching the opposite of the truth. And I want to clear something up. I'm not just like, I'm not saying Haiti is a bad place to go. I really enjoyed my time there, and I was able to, when I was leaning on God and not being attacked, I was able to minister well while I was there. So it's not like a, I'm not trying to make Haiti sound like a horrible place. It gets better every time we go because we are doing God's work over there and sharing the gospel. So I just wanted to make sure that was, everyone knew. I'm just having <laughs> bad voice cracks this episode. It's okay. So, well, yeah. and, and that's the thing with that, with the spiritual warfare, with going to a third world country, physically seeing that actual attack versus here in America where it's the subtleties. It's the things that we have to very subtle keep our eyes open. It, it's a story that I reference a lot. So like an, an avid hunter going out with someone who does not hunt at all. Okay. This avid hunter, they're sitting in their blind. They're looking out in the bush and the guy that hunts a lot, he sees the deer and he's trying to point it out to the guy who doesn't hunt. He's like, it's, do you see him? He's right there. He's right there. And the guy's like, no, I don't see him. Where is he? He's like, he's right there. Don't you see him? He's like, no. Well, the avid hunter is trained. He is trained to see the flick of the ear, the flick of the tail. He sees the white. He knows that's a deer. But the guy who doesn't hunt, he has no idea what he's looking at. He's looking at green bushes. We need to be that way, avid hunters. We need to be able to see the subtleties. Because, yeah, unless we're going to third world countries where we're seeing these firsthand physical attacks, we're not we're not going to be able to fight that. And, and we get complacent yeah. here in the West yeah. and here in the United States specifically. And I think one of the tactics that, that the devil uses in this area is just – he uses politics. He uses our culture. So he against us, right? So he uses this idea of freedom against us because, I mean, to be truly free is to have freedom in Christ and not be a slave to sin. Well, he wants to flip that on its head and have us as a slave to sin. So that life of decadence, the way you talked about, the no consequences, let's party it up here. This is, you know, this is all we have. Let's just have fun. That's how he attacks us. That's the spiritual warfare we have here in the States. Not necessarily now, not saying it doesn't happen. But not necessarily these physical, outward, overt things. Yeah. It's looked over. No one like see because they think it's fake. Like they just think you're trying to reenact the movie or something. So one of the nights we were we had this worship night. Um, it was called I think Street Church is what it was. Yeah, yeah, we did Street Church and like we just got all of us. We got all our instruments. We were singing in. I think we were singing in Creole. Walking down the street, 
we got a group of just all kinds of the neighborhood kids just to follow us. And we walk, our path takes us to this gazebo. It's pretty big. We're all sitting in it in a circle, just like singing really loud. And like God is being glorified right there. And Satan is just trying his darndest because the voodoo guy comes up, comes into the gazebo and is like telling us to stop. Like he's like comes into the gazebo and he is like trying to get us to stop. Like he's offering you money if you go. And like Simon didn't know that that's who it was. <laughs> this is more on the funny side. <laughs> he didn't know that he just like saw the guy handing money. He thought that he dropped that money. So, and he thought that that was just a random guy handing his money that he dropped and he was about to take it. And then one of the Haitians comes and like slaps Simon's hand because apparently they put something on it, like a type of poison or they something. Poison the money to where if you touch your face or something, you just like, I don't know if you die or something, but they poison the money and like, he was getting like really close to all of us. And like, I didn't even know like one of the, like the group we go with, they adopted three kids and they speak English. And he had told me like, cause I, he goes, no, like I, the guy comes up to me and I didn't know. And he like t- pulls me away and says, no bad man. And like, they're walking around telling everyone to make sure that they know that that's who that is. Wow. And unbelievable. yeah, it was crazy. Like I had been standing face to face with that guy and had no clue who he was. And they like, it was just great that they knew English and they were able to tell me. Tell that, you guys yeah. that. Yeah. That's, well, <clears throat> and that's the thing. There, It is so in your face there. Whereas here, it's not. And so there's a quote by Alistair Begg. It, he says, Satan is at his wiliest and is most skillful, skillful in his scheming when he convinces people that he doesn't exist. Then he can be a figure of fun, a conjecture of imagination, but not reality okay that's america absolutely what 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 is the the biggest thing we see satan as it's the little red guy with horns and a pitchfork he's he's a figment of imagination he's fairy tale he's and, a cartoon and he has done that on purpose yeah and uh, man he's good he's, he's good he's at very what good he at does. well i mean you talk about not really subtle anymore but like the rapper that just put out a video of him literally giving satan a lap dance i mean that's not even subtle anymore oh i haven't even heard of you haven't heard of this one no, no. we'll talk about that off air yeah oh, but, goodness. Uh, yeah it's brutal but, like he released a pair of shoes that was like he released like, 666 was, pairs of shoes i think there's that, like a shoe that is like has a bunch of verses on it he released the opposite there's like a drop nike. of human blood in it and well nike wasn't involved wasn't, they weren't involved he just yeah. used yes. nike's shoe and they sued as much him as i don't like it. nike yeah. they sued him for it that so was that good that was not their fault <laughs> interesting yeah it was not their but fault it, it's not even sudden anymore he's fully displaying satan on music and, as a as a parody almost like he's, he's like i think the meaning behind it was he is homosexual and like saying that nobody accepted him but now he's okay with that and like the light and it's called call me by your name i think and it's like saying like that's who i am and he's like at one point he's in it talks about the garden he's like saying at one point he's in heaven and he rides a stripper pole down to hell like saying it's gonna be fun well yeah that's it it used to be yeah it used to be super subtle but now again the end of the book we know what's coming and it's coming soon yeah Things are going to be it goes from bad to worse. Yeah. There's a cheesy t- Christian T-shirt that I've seen that I used to see like in the '90s there's when the, always when cheesy the cheesy Christian. Christian T-shirts were huge. They're less huge now, but they're still around. They're still but big. It, it talks about it. I think on the front it says, "Next time Satan reminds of you past of your past, 
on the back has got a big toaster oven and it says remind him of his future <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool thing yeah there's a, to- there's a toaster on the t-shirt <laughs> But uh, that's too many words on a shirt. It's so many words I'm on not a shirt. Read all that, all right? That's great. But it is a it is a legitimate thing. We know the end of the book. We know yeah. we win. Remind him of his future. That's it's the power we have. Still scary while we're in it. Though. It's still scary we while we're in it, that. and it's and it's happening so much. And and I think we're we're getting a little long here. Yeah. So I think I think this is a good spot yeah. to to pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we will dive in. I know Austin has more scripture. He has more. I have a lot more. Yeah, well, I have a, I have a lot more I can do. Too. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. why don't you just kind of preview what you have next for next week, and and Carter you as well, and then we'll kind of wrap it up for this week, and we'll come back Mine to this next. We'll Thursday. have no preview. It's fully you're going to be surprised. Okay, cool. That's cool, cool, fair. Cool. <laughs> well, okay, and I I posed a question a little bit ago. I won't answer it yet. The question was, how do we fight a cosmic darkness? And when we come back for thir- next Thursday's episode, I'll answer that. We're we're going to get into again. How does Satan fight? How does how do we encounter that? How do we respond to evil? Um, how do we, uh, again, talking in chapter 6, verses 10, how do we use his strength? We're, talk- we're talking about the noble warfare, uh, stuff like that. So we'll, we'll, we'll answer those questions. And I'm going to leave you with this mindset. It's the enemy knows that they are to lose the war. All right? We, Satan knows scripture. Demons know scripture. They know the end of the book. They know that they're going to lose. But what happens to the losing side? They will take as many as they can with them. So when first first mindset of this was World War II. When the Empire of Japan, after the, the two bombs dropped at Nagasaki and Hiroshima, the Empire of Japan finally surrendered. Well, it took several months for the rest of the neighboring islands to finally submit to that. Why? Either A, they didn't hear it, or B, they knew it, but it was still that mindset of, oh, we're about to be overrun? No. We're going to keep going. And so the fighting kept going on months on end. Hundreds of thousands of men died. And it is that exact same mentality. Yeah. Satan, if I'm going down, you're going down with me. Exactly. Satan and the demons, they know they're they're going to burn. And they are going to take as many people as they possibly can, and they are going to do it until the very last moment. Yeah. So we we need to keep that in mind, and we need to be praying accordingly. So this was this has been a great episode. I've had, enjoyed talking about it, but doesn't and it is a longer episode. It'll be two parts, but you'll have homework on both parts. Not, you, don't get, you don't get a free pass for part you are one. that teacher. You're Gosh. that guy. Pop quiz right here. Um, and no transition this time. Thanks, Brad. You're welcome. <laughs> How are you giving opportunity to Satan and those of to whom he controls in your life? So you think about that one. And then we talked about Satan being not even sometimes subtly displayed anymore. But what are the subtle ways you have seen spiritual warfare or the devil? So just yeah. think about those for the week. And, and, and give us some feedback. Uh, get, share a story. Give us. Oh yeah, if you have yeah, stories, if you have a story yeah. uh, that you feel comfortable telling, that you feel comfortable telling, shoot it to us in a message in an email. Find us on our website and 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 just be aware of the fact that we may not see what Carter experienced and, and those in Haiti experienced. We may not see that on a daily basis or even on a regular basis. But how is he attacking? 
our culture? How is he attacking our country, our families? Specifically, I want to talk about that. We'll talk about that this, this next week, that he attacks our families hard in the States, in the United States. And when I was in Haiti, it was so obvious, like, a Haitian to come over here, it could be super obvious for them, because it's just... We become a, desensitized. It's a difference in culture. We, yeah. We're experienced to it too much. Absolutely. We become desensitized to it. So that's great homework, great questions to, to think through this week. And we'll come back next week and, and continue to discuss this topic and, and dive into it. And how do we fight? And, and where do we go next? And Don, if you're listening, we will do the homework this week too. So. Absolutely. Yes. yes. So again, interact with us, share a story, give us a review, five stars on Apple. Patreon.com slash Rooted in Logos. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay rooted. Stay rooted. Email us. And email us. But more importantly, stay stay rooted. rooted. Thank you for listening to our show. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. You can find us on Apple, Google, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Rooted in Logos Pod, or even on our website, www.rootedinlogospod.com. And if you want to support us financially, visit us at patreon.com slash rooted in love.